Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Oh, you might have walked in here this morning feeling like a failure, but don't let your failure define who you are. Be defined by the fact that God loves you and He paid the ultimate sacrifice to demonstrate that love. Yes, yes, yes. We are finite creatures. We make mistakes. We err. But oh, there is one who is perfect. There is one who is smart enough. There is one who is all wisdom. And it's His way that we need in our lives and in our homes and in our careers. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Thankful to know this morning that I've got a mansion with my name on it. Amen. And if I do what I'm supposed to do down here, amen. How many know we're living this life for the life that comes after this life? Amen. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. The first Sunday of 2019. Thank you for uh, being with us here today. Why don't you shake somebody's hand and uh, just welcome them to the house of the Lord this morning. All right, grab your Bibles if you would and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Amen. It's good to feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. This is Paul writing to Timothy. If you don't have your Bible, that's all right. We'll put it up on the screen. You can follow along with us. Paul writes, he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure a hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must first partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Amen. I want to talk to you just for the next little bit on this title, Passionate Pursuit. Passionate Pursuit. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't distract me today. (laughs) And you may be seated today. You know how neighbors can be. (laughs) Amen. I hope everybody had a great new year um, and uh, rang in the new year and just started off on the right foot. You know, and I I kind of uh, talked about this last week about this, you know, this time in our culture um, and how it's very similar um, to the first day of school, or if you're in college, you know, the, 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 the new semester, uh, you know, that's coming up. So this, t- this week, it's kind of like the adult version of that. It's like everyone, everyone right now thinks that they're going to be different 
and do different things in this new year than, than they did in, in the previous year, um, despite the fact that there's a lot of historical precedent that, that does not back up that hope. <laughs> if I could be very, very honest with you here today, you know, there are plenty of students that are going into the new year thinking that that exact way. I'm going to do things differently this semester than I did last semester. And, you know, they might have had like a 0.2 grade point average, and they think they're going to be that 4.0 student this year, and it just doesn't happen because how many know three weeks later they're the guy or the girl looking for a pencil to use and, you know, to take this test that's coming up. So this this week, it's, it's, it's the adult version of that, and it's really kind of funny uh, when you think of it. Now, this isn't all of us. I think some people here are uh, just completely content to, to let life live them and have, you know, no real thought about what life is and what, what deeper meanings there are to this life. But I think that some of us this year, you know, the bulk of people have, have these thoughts of there are these things in my life that I wish weren't the way they are. And some of us are like, I would like to change that. Has anybody sat down and wrote out any goals for this year? Any resolutions? I see, okay, four of you, good, okay, good. Uh, we sat down as a family, we even had Easton join with us at the kitchen table to write out some goals uh, for 2019. And I, th- I think that's good because I believe that there are a lot of people who agree with me that there are things that we don't like about us, we don't like about last year, and, and we want to change that. We would like to change that. And we think to ourselves, this year is going to be different because of this. And, and most of that, again, if I could be honest with you, most of that is, is borderline silly. And almost all of it is surface, okay? Which is why nothing really changes in people. Nothing really changes from year to year because it's surface. So I wanted to use this first Sunday of the year to talk to you about 2019 and and really try to try my best to go past the superficial, past the on the surface types of things. You know, maybe this year for the first time, uh, church attendance wouldn't be one of our spiritual goals. Church attendance wouldn't be one of our spiritual goals. Maybe this year we could, as a church body, maybe on an individual level, maybe this year we could as aggressively and as disciplined as we can really go after God in this new year. And as a result of passionately pursuing God, I believe that we'll, we'll, there won't be any frustration anymore with our church attendance. Amen. There won't be any more frustration with our lack of a prayer life because I believe that when you truly go after God, when you truly pursue Him, all of those other things fall right into place. Now, I know that there are some churches that and, and groups of people that aren't interested in any type of spiritual growth at all. They, they like things just the way they are. They like how everything goes. No need to change anything up. No need to try anything different. We'll just come in here and we'll do our thing and we'll go home. I'm thankful that that isn't this church, that that isn't me as a Christian, because in 2019, I'm not pursuing church as usual. I'm not interested in coming 
coming in here week after week and being stirred up to change and follow the Lord only to see that disintegrate by the time I reach my car. But I want this year, I want today to be a day that I pursue Him. I'm not pursuing just a regular old Sunday morning service. I'm not pursuing just another three to four worship courses, but I'm here to passionately pursue Jesus Christ. I'm here to seek ye first the kingdom of God, amen, and put Him first in my life and in 2019. Would you say amen to the Lord this morning? So, so what I wanted to do is, is, is take a look at some, some thoughts in regard to the pursuit of Jesus in, in, in hopes that, that that would work itself out somewhere practically in your life. And the Apostle Paul, he's even going to say here to Timothy, he said, hey, you've got to think on these things a little bit to come up with practical applications he's 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 out he's going to outright say that to timothy so uh, but this is my hope my hope is that 2019 would be a year for you and a year for me where we took very seriously our spiritual pursuit our pursuit of god i want to go after god in 2019 i want to go after him i want to know him so let's look at second timothy chapter 2 again uh, one thing uh, to, to remind ourselves, Paul was never married. He never had children. And, and Timothy began to be discipled by him uh, when he was a teenager. And Paul, Paul has deep affection for Timothy. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna hear that. You're gonna see that. He, he loves him like a son. And you're gonna, you're gonna hear that very quickly. Paul starts off with this. He says, you then, my child. Now, that's a term of endearment. That's, that's not a term that you throw out to the bank lady uh, on Monday morning. You then, my child, shall deposit this check into my... I hope you don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't say that to the, to the cashier at Walmart or anything. You then, my child, please give me my change back. Okay? So this is a term of endearment. He says, you then, my child... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure a hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. If anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And the hardworking farmer must first partake of the crops. Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, hey, don't take this at surface level. There's a, there's a lot behind this. There's a lot underneath this. And there's a lot that you need to dig into so that practically you know how to apply what I'm talking to you about. He's saying, don't take it at surface level. Consider these things and may the Lord lead you, okay? So, and before we go any further, I want to jump back to verse number one because we've got to understand this morning where our strength comes from. 
Because if you don't understand where your strength from, comes from, we're going to have problems throughout this year, okay? And this is the thing. I believe that within every man and every woman, there is this intrinsic amount of discipline. Some of us are very disciplined. Some of us have high discipline. Some of us, our alarm clock goes off, we get up. We watch what we eat. We, we, we give ourselves ample time to get to work. We are high discipline. And then some of us, are very low discipline but we still get out of bed <laughs> so so depending on the scale everyone has a certain amount of strength a certain amount of I'm going to make this happen I'm going to get this done. The problem is, is when it comes to pursuing God, if you do it on your own strength, you, my friend, will fail. Come on. So he says this. You've got to understand where your strength comes from. You, your strength comes from the gospel. It comes from the grace. Church, your strength, my strength comes from the fact that all of our failures, all of our sin, all of our shortcoming has been paid for by the sacrifice on the cross. Yes, yes. And if you don't understand that, when you stumble and when you struggle and when you fall, your knee-jerk reaction will be that God is displeased and that God is angered. And you know what happens? Most of us run away from Him rather than to Him. Come on, when we fail, when we fall, when we struggle... And we don't know where our strength comes from. We have this misinterpretation of who God is and what God does and what God is about. And we think the wrong things. And most people run away from him rather than run to him. And Paul is trying to make sure Timothy understands that. Timothy, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ. Folks, can I remind you this morning, this is nothing new. Jesus Christ took care of it all. Oh, you might have walked in here this morning feeling like a failure but don't let your failure define who you are be defined by the fact that God loves you and he paid the ultimate sacrifice to demonstrate that love so don't run from him run to him while we were yet sinners while we were still sinners Christ died for us. In my shortcomings, Christ paid the bill. In my sin, Christ paid the bill. In my failure, Christ paid the bill. When I didn't choose him, he chose me. Church in 2019, I'm preaching to you this morning. Be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Find rest in the gospel message. Find rest. But that's just the first part of where our strength comes from. The second is that in the cross, I have been given all that I need today to be all that God has asked me to be yes. today. Yes. I have been given all that I need today to be all that God has asked me to be. God has not asked more of me today than what he's empowered me to walk in. 
So here's the deal. He hasn't commanded me to love my wife in certain ways, to, to love my children in certain ways, to handle my money in certain ways, and then said, good luck with that. Hope it, hope it works out for you. Hope that, hope that, hope that works out. Good luck with that. That's not what God does, church. When we are filled with the Holy Ghost, He empowers us. His Spirit enables us. And He never asks more of me than what I can sustain by His grace. So that's where our strength comes from. Day by day, Our strength comes from the fact that there is no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus and that all He has asked me to be, He will empower me to be. Yes, 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 yes. Glory. That's where our strength comes from and nowhere else. So with understanding that, having the knowledge of where our strength comes from as our foundation, Paul starts to get into these metaphors of what it means, what it looks like to pursue God, to chase after relationship with Him. Paul writes in verse 3, he says, you therefore must endure hardship as, as what? A good soldier. A good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says this, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. I have two brothers who both served in the United States military. And one thing I can tell you about soldiers is this, soldiers are single-minded. And what I mean by that is they have an objective. Everybody say objective. Objective. They have an objective that none of the details around them will sway them from. They are given an objective and they will stop at nothing until it's mission accomplished. Now soldiers are given an objective and they make plans to achieve that objective. But here's what happens. Plans have a way of changing once someone is shooting at you. Okay, everything sounds brilliant until someone chucks a grenade in your direction, right? And all of a sudden, plans have a way of changing. Now all of a sudden, we're not going left, we're not going right, we're not going up, we're going down, we're not going this way, we're going that way. Here's the deal, the plan changes, but the objective never does. And what he's saying here is that to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we have one objective, and it is Jesus. Church, that is the goal. That is the objective. Sure, there are going to be things in our life that try to get our attention, but don't forget what the objective is. Don't forget what the goal is. Don't be swayed. Be a good soldier. Chase after the one who set you free. He said, be a good soldier. Don't forget what the objective is. Church, now is not the time. As we stand on the brink of the second coming of the Lord, now is not the time to be distracted. But I submit to you, be a good soldier. Remember the objective. Remember who it is we're chasing after. That he may please the one who enlisted him. 
And Paul gives us a hint of what it might look like in everyday life when he says that soldiers don't entangle themselves with the affairs of this life. They don't get wrapped up in civilian affairs. Now, this idea of entanglement is found several times in the New Testament, particularly in Hebrews chapter 12, where the writer of Hebrews is, is really trying to encourage the men that he was writing the letter, and he says this, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles you see, most of us think like this, and, and, and really, this has been really, truly deadly to our spiritual growth. We, we think, this is what's right, this is what's wrong. As long as I stay away from what's wrong, and I do what's right, I'll be good. The problem with that, now I understand here this morning, there are commands that say, do this don't do that, okay? I understand that. But here's what I would, here's what I would contend with you. Most of what is, con, is killing your spiritual growth, most of what is killing your affection for God, most of what is destroying your relationship with God is not things that we do that are morally sinful, but it's things that we do that are morally neutral. Which means you have given something that is not sinful an undue amount of position in your life. And it's robbing you of your affection for Jesus Christ. See, we are to lay aside every sin and every weight that besets us. So he's saying here, as a good soldier, we are single-minded in our purpose, and you better also watch out for things that are good things that you've turned into ultimate things and therefore robbed yourself of a desire and passion to follow after God. Church, be a good soldier. Don't forget the objective and don't put things on a throne that were never meant to be there. Be a good soldier. And then he moves on from there. He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He's saying, Share in the suffering of a good soldier. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Paul here, he's speaking of, he's speaking of competitors. He's speaking of people that would compete. And this would be, people would know exactly what he's talking about. People that would compete in the games. He's talking about athletics. He's talking about athletes. And he's saying that an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Basically this, if you, if you, if you cheat, you don't win. Everybody get that? All right, let's move on. No, I want to unpack this just for a second here this morning. If you cheat, you don't win. Let me say this. And I think this is, this is a good thing for you. This is a good thing for me. This is a good thing to, to, to get. As early as you can, I think it's a really good idea to get into your mind that you're not as smart as you think you are. Can I just be bold this morning? <laughs> 
You're not as smart as you think you are. You're not as clever as you think you are. And in this life, there are going to be these I'm strong enough, I'm smart enough temptations. And you know what they'll do? They'll tempt us to do things our way and not God's way. Because we think we're smart enough. We think we're good. We're wise. We're good. We're smart. We're intellectual. We will be tempted to do things our way. And I think it's a very dangerous position to be in when we have the mindset of, I've got this. 2019, I've got this. I've got this year. I've got it. And you know what that is? That is a my way attitude and not a God's way. I'll give you a practical example. In my marriage, there are moments when I'm tired and she's tired, but she doesn't look tired, right? Your wife never looks tired, right, guys? Can I get them in? A few nervous laughs, people looking over their wives. I'm like, no. I'm tired. She's tired. I'm stressed. She's stressed. And she'll get upset at me for something, and we'll have some intense conversations. And I have to be honest, most of the time during these intense conversations, my first reaction is not love her like Christ loved the church. (laughs) It's not. Okay? That's not my first thought. You know why? Because that's not my that's not my way. I like I like to teach, so I want to take some time and teach her about the injustice that just occurred in our living room. Here's what I like to do. Give me a pen and paper in 30 minutes, and I want to write out, this is you, and this is me under the injustice that just happened. This is me suffering right here, and I really got to do it. That's what, that's what, that's. I'm not saying I do that, okay? (laughs) I'm not saying that's what I do. I'm saying that's my knee-jerk impulse, right? And so what ends up happening is I've got my way, which is I've been wronged, and it's unacceptable, and I'm frustrated, or I've got God's way, which is, you know what? You walk in grace and mercy toward your wife. Sure. Treat her with respect. It's okay to have those hard conversations, but make sure your spirit is right. Make sure it's you treat her gently. That's God's way. With my kids, there are days that I come home tired and I don't really feel like going after their hearts. I don't really feel like engaging. Like, like here's the deal. You can be really involved in your kid's life and not go after their heart. It's not good parenting. It's not a good parenting skill. It's not good parenting style. It's not a good plan. Because to go after a kid's heart takes work. It takes work. Because kids don't want to give up their hearts to anybody. And so I'll give you an example. Kids come home. I come home. How was your day at school? Fine. What did you learn? Uh, I don't know. Well, who did you hang out with? Friends. It doesn't take long for them to box up. 
And so to go after their heart requires more work than just, how was your day? Good? Okay, I'll see you later. Right? To go after their heart takes work. And there are temptations on this journey, church, to just do it your way. To do things our way and not God's way. And there are temptations to break the rules and just get across the finish line any, any way that we can. And so for some of you uh, in this life, it may look different. It may look different. Maybe some in your parenting. Maybe some in, in your relationship with your spouse. Maybe you own a business. Maybe it's a business decision that you got to make and you have an awesome opportunity to make this amount of money, but it might be, it might be not the deal that might look good on you. It might be a little bit shady deal and Paul is saying no we don't do that we run as one to get the prize we run and we don't break the rules we follow God's way and we strive lawfully church you're not as smart as you think you are I'm not as smart as I think I no one is we are finite creatures we make mistakes we err but oh there is one who is perfect there is one who is smart enough there is one who is all wisdom and it's his way that we need in our lives and in our homes and in our careers we need his way And when you do it, I love the reward that Paul throws out there. He's got this idea of a crown. It's basically you ran well, you ran hard, you didn't break the rules. Here's your crown. Church, when you do things the right way and you passionately pursue Him, there is a crown waiting to be placed on your head. It is a well done, now good and faithful servant. You have ran well. Paul goes on. King James Version says, The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Paul said, It's it's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Now the farmer is a little different than the soldier. He's a little different than the athlete. More than the other two, the farmer is completely dependent upon God. If you are a soldier, you can call in for reinforcements. You can call in for backup. If you are an athlete, you can get a protein shake. You can get a spot at the gym if you're lifting heavy weights. But the farmer is dependent. He cannot make it rain. He cannot stop the rain. He cannot keep the wind from blowing. He cannot stop it from freezing. The farmer, more than these other two, is completely dependent upon the mercies of God. But Paul didn't say the dependent farmer. He just called him the hard-working farmer. Which tells me, despite the fact that almost everything is in God's control and not His, the farmer doesn't get up in the morning and sit in the lazy boy and say, uh, God, um, there's, uh, there's some weeds on the South 40. Um, and uh, I, can you take care of it for me? 
there's some weeds growing up and uh, if you could remove those weeds and could you also make it rain a little bit more and produce a great crop but uh, but don't forget about the weeds that are over there because if 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 they are still there they're gonna they're gonna choke out some of the crop and it's gonna it's gonna cut into my tithing a little bit and uh, and I want your wealth to be seen and I want your house to be full so could you uh, take care of, uh, of those weeds and grow that crop and 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 let's let's show them your glory amen it's not what he does right oh one more thing i'll be here on the couch if uh if there's any other blessings you'd like to bestow upon me while you're taking care of the weeds just want to throw that back out there let it be lord amen here's the thing there are a lot of christians that are really frustrated with their walk with God. They're just frustrated. And if you were to ask them what they are frustrated about, here's some things that you might hear people say. Well, I've got this issue that I struggle with, and I'm not very disciplined in this area of my life. Uh, in fact, I have very little discipline in all areas of my life, and, and I'm frustrated, and I have this issue, and I've had it for a long time. You'll, you'll hear people say that. And then if you were to ask them what they're doing and what they're trying in order to gain victory over those issues and see God move in that area of their life and do something about it, this is what you will hear. Crickets. Because most of the time, we are the farmers sitting on the couch begging God to remove the weeds. Begging God to take care of the issue. And if we are not careful, it is possible to come in here every Sunday, hear the preaching, hear the music, and go, okay, not anymore. We're going to make a change. Let's do this. And then we do nothing. It's possible, church, to stand in here and cry tears during a worship song and pray, God, take this from me. God, take this issue from me and then leave here and do nothing. No movement, no pursuit. But the farmer, he gets out of bed early in the morning he gets up before the sun comes up and he pulls the weeds until his hands are bloody all the while begging God to make it rain. Now if it doesn't rain the crops are still going to die but you know what? The weeds have been taken care of. He's done his part. Church in 2019 make sure that you're doing your part. Make sure that you're doing what you can to passionately pursue God. He's done his part. Can I just be really honest with you? I see a lot of people. I see a lot of people that are just trying to live from Sunday to Sunday. The extent of their pursuit for Jesus Christ is Sunday to Sunday. And there's really no steadfastness. We're just trying to survive, Bryce, from Sunday to Sunday. And I'm wondering 
How many of us are the farmer on the couch? All the fields are ravaged, producing little to no fruit. And we just keep going, God, please do something. Because listen, there's a lot at stake in this one. There's a lot at stake in pursuing God in a disciplined fashion. He says that the farmer who does it like this, you know what he says? He gets the first fruits. Now, if you do a little cross-reference on fruits, you're going to wind up in Galatians where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness. And let me tell you how we have robbed that text of a lot of its power. We've changed it from the fruit of the Spirit to the fruits of the Spirit. And then we do this little game where sometimes where we list them all out and we grade ourselves on each one. Well, um, I've got pretty good love, but my faithfulness, it's, it's, it's not up there with love and, and, and peace somewhat, but I've got an A plus on joy. And we grade ourselves. Good here, bad here. Gr- uh, okay, yep, scratch that. Nope, good, yep. Oh, take it back down. Uh, not right now. But it's not plural. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is, not the fruits of the Spirit are, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithness, and meekness. And they grow together. He says the hardworking farmer gets the first share of the fruit, which means, it tells me this, your joy is at stake. Your abiding joy is at stake in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. And if 2019 has any real hope of you pressing under the waterfall of the grace of God and letting Him transform your heart, church, there has to be movement in your life. We can't be the farmer on the couch and wait for God to do something. It's not going to work like that. This walk that you and I are on is a daily walk. Any sustaining, transforming power is a day-by-day effort. All of us in here today, we stand as a culmination of every choice that we have ever made in this life. We make choices and our choices make us. You are the accumulative effect of your prior years. Whatever this moment is for you right now, you didn't get to this moment filled with life filled with bitterness, filled with anger, filled with joy. You did not get there at 8 o'clock this morning. Day after day after day, 
You decided to do certain things. You decided not to do certain things. You decided to extend certain things and not extend certain things. And this is where we got. And right now, whether you like it or not, whether you like me or not, whether you like what I'm saying or not, you are deciding what your tomorrow looks like. Right now. No one accidentally falls into godliness. But like I said last week, we press, we strive, we reach, we work. There has to be movement in our lives. Would you stand with me this morning? There has to be movement. A passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ. There has to be a desire for more of Him this year than last. A desire to truly know Him. A pursuit to know Jesus and not just know about Jesus. No doubt there are some that love God people that say they love God with their whole heart. They've got the magnet. They've got the t-shirt that they wear proudly. But when it comes to knowing who He is and how He works, crickets. And people, a lot of people are like, well, what's the problem with that, Bryce? Isn't that the goal? To love God? There is a problem with that. And if you don't think there's a problem with that, I challenge you to go up to your wife sometime and say, baby, I love your blue eyes. And just to hear her say, I don't have blue eyes. <laughs> you don't think there's a problem with that? If she doesn't think there's a problem, please get that checked out, okay? Like, that, there's an issue there. We need to get her into some kind of recovery. Church, in 2019, I want to passionately pursue him I want to know him I want to be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ because you know why sometimes as a soldier I do get distracted and sometimes as an athlete it's tempting to break the rules and sometimes as a farmer I think that the field will be alright tomorrow and so in those times I have to remind myself where my strength comes from and I think that's why Paul starts out this chapter to Timothy be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus church find your strength as a soldier find your strength as an athlete find your strength as a farmer in the gospel of Jesus Christ and no doubt in 2019 you will grow spiritually you will grow closer to him on our Facebook page, I put it out early this week, Jeremiah 29. He says, if you search for me with your whole heart, yes. you will find yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. I want to do that this year. Would you bow your head, close your eyes in just a moment of privacy? Would you just take a couple moments here as they begin to sing? Would you just begin to just talk to the Lord? Come on, on an individual basis, would you just invite the Lord in right now, God? I pray that you would press on my spirit a little bit, God. I pray that you would push me a little bit right now God thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast 
You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.